welcome to the Embrace Your Light podcast. We are your hosts, Rebecca Lyons and Daniel Massey. And every week, we are going to take you on a journey filled with spiritual exploration, inspiration, and expansion. Each week, we will guide you down the path of ancient spiritual wisdom and new age enlightenment from some incredible guides so that you can continue your spiritual journey with ease, grace, and a little bit of fun. So this week, we are really excited to have Claudette, aka Claudette, who is an astrologer. Claudette teaches sky astrology in one-to-one tutorials and online classes whilst continuing her research into biocentrism and astronomy's connection to, to sky astrology. Her client base mostly includes holistic healers, light workers, empaths, and spiritual practitioners. So welcome, Claudette. Thank you so much for being here with us this week. Thank you for inviting me. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. And before we get started, I know a lot of people are interested in astrology, but they may not have heard of sky astrology before. Can you explain a bit about what sky astrology is for the people who are listening? Of course, I like to talk about sky astrology. So sky astrology, I named this my journey basically after the experience that I had with the sky in Egypt. And by naming it sky astrology, it is a invitation for people to really look up to the sky and have a reconnection with what is astronomically actually happening there, which is totally different from astrology, which every astronomer will tell you. And that's why they call astrology a pseudoscience. But on the other hand, they don't believe that the heavenly bodies have any influence on us, which is great because what people do realize through sky astrology, through rekindling this connection based on astronomy, based on the cycles of the sun and the moon and the stars, that there is actually a very deep and holistic and spiritual, um, quite special relationship between us and the stars. And you and I met, I think, late 2020. Um, and I had a reading with you and it just blew my mind. <laughs> it really blew my mind. And I don't know if you remember, but um, I read Akashic Records and you were saying to me, what happened when you were in the womb? Because I had like two planets on the exact same degrees in the 12th house. Um, and I was, and I remember thinking, I don't, well, I mean, I was thinking, I'm not really sure, but um I had spoken to my mum previously when I was doing some ancestral healing and I had asked her, you know, like what happened, uh, like anything um, significant happened when I was in the womb or just before you conceived me. And she said, no, but she said that I was born asleep. And then when we were having the session, you, you were like, have you heard of the sleeping, um, is it the sleeping prophet, right? Uh, Edgar Casey. <laughs> and, and we were just both, laughing so much because he he kind of well he's one of the biggest names when it comes to Akashic Records and he's called the sleeping prophet (laughs) 
It's my mother's birthday as well, which the first astrologer that I had said that was a very special birthday because of Edgar Casey. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the things that we learned you for anyone who has had um, an astrology reading, like with the natal chart and they've gone through the different constellations and the houses, you just explain it so well and you guided me through everything and you also say how in sky astrology the houses are actually different sizes right yeah you know i was you know because danielle is from philly and it's kind of like coming home yeah um i've been waiting to share this and tonight i'm speaking at the merchant mermaid intensive with the water priestess I've re well for a sky astrology and because of the work that I've done, because of all the experience I've had with lovely people like yourself and hopefully soon Danielle and, and the importance of this womb house, I for sky astrology have repositioned that as the zero house. Wow. And it's so powerful because it's the zero, you know, based on the seven years of development, the first six houses, and that's the seventh, you know, because before, like I said, the 80s, we didn't really know about what was happening in the womb. And to take that really into account, because it does influence us all through our lives. And so including the first six houses of personal development and the zero house, which before was the 12th house, but in sky astrology it's so you know um impactful you know i think even when i it came about remember i said oh we'll go through the houses but let's go to the 12th house first yeah and after doing that repetitively i'm like wait a second and then getting a drop from another colleague um trish who does work with childhood healing and stuff she was talking about ages zero to seven and then thinking about the waldorf school you would have steiner the first seven years i thought nope that's, you know, it's, it helps it make clear as well what Sky Astrology is about. And it just helps me flow now. So you heard it here first. It's zero. Yeah, de- we zero got an exclusive. 11. And we know how much we love the number 11, right? Yeah, we do. You know, we can see 11, 11. It's like the twin flame. It's the parallel. Yeah. It's the Aquarian. It's all that. You know, it's the future. It's just perfect to kind of, you know, close that there at 11. Yes. I really like that. Oh, good. Yeah. It feels right. <laughs> it feels right, doesn't it? Yeah. It so does. About it. And, you know, I, you know, I was waiting to, you know, hear it and I was waiting to have a couple sessions but yeah wanted to tell you guys that here on February the 11th yes on the 11th oh wow how special oh my gosh I love it really really cool development that's amazing Claudette yes and um another thing that just like well I mean there's so many things that first of all when I had a session with you afterwards I felt so like confident in myself, like from learning about the elements, because it's it's also the elements that you talk about a lot um, and how to become an alchemist and how to balance, because I've got so much fire in my sky astrology, I'm pretty much all fire. Um, you massively helped me to ground myself and then bring in the water. And it's, 
it's kind of like what I really like about having sessions, like when you have shadow work or past life regression or Akashic records or sky astrology is it, it, it helps you get to know who you are and it helps you know your soul and where you've been and, and, and why you are the way you are. So for anyone who is like you said, a holistic healer, a light worker, an empath, a spiritual practitioner who just needs a bit more uh, confidence in their abilities because most of our abilities are not like written down on paper or, you know, like the, the normal, the norm, um, these days, it's, it's just so wonderful to have that, that like when I had a session with you, I just felt, wow, I can trust my intuition. I don't need to, seek um validation from other people i need to just trust in myself because i've done this so many times before mm-hmm. in so many lifetimes before i'm so connected to all of this stuff and that just made me feel incredible like it really catapulted me in my confidence and yeah i just want to say thank you i guess <laughs> oh you're welcome it does that for a lot of people and it's just i call myself a reconnector or a sky astrologer because i just feel you know, these energies are dormant in a way, you know, just based on the generation, the society that we grow up into, we have this concept that we have to teach babies everything. Like they come into the world, like not knowing, like help me, you know, but the fact is that they, you know, of course they're coming in the body and in the beginning of this baby form, but they come with so much um, information and talents and nuances. And that's miraculously shown astronomically, which I find like incredible. So. <laughs> so cool. Um, Claudette, why don't you share a little bit about your journey and how you actually got to this point? Like, how did you even decide to follow this path and create Sky Astrology? <laughs> oh, that's really funny. So I would have to say, which is so crazy again, so aligned because we've rescheduled this appointment to today. And I had to give a little thanks because it's my fiance's birthday who actually passed away 11 years ago today um, in July 18th. And he was really into fractals. You know, he'd spend loads of time on the internet. He was British and, you know, he just had this whole kind of crazy interlife and stuff like that that he never really shared with me, really weirdly enough. Anyway, when once he passed away, as a lot of times people do have, you know, that trauma it was 2010. And you start thinking, what am I doing? I was um, had a concession at Topshop on Oxford um, Circus. You know, I was traveling a lot. I was going to Hong Kong. You know, I was like thinking I'm living the life and, you know, just being creative and doing my thing and stuff. But, you know, the high street was changing and I had a studio workshop. Uh, boutique off Brick Lane and I found that people appreciated my work because it was more like hat sculpture artwork than you know having to compete with the change of the high street thanks to places like you know P Mark and you know like you know how the high street changed in the UK and people after a while they just didn't want to pay a certain amount for you know something that I was doing creatively and my company I love hats.com 
was exactly what it is. So um, when he passed, I was able to say, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. He had left me with some cameras and a little bit of um, funds. And I wrote this nice letter to Topshop saying, no, I love, love hats and I want to make hats. And I, you know, I want to be, you know, be creative and not think, oh, this is going to cost too much or whatever. So, yeah, I left after five years Topshop. And I was spending time in my studio. I started listening. I was like kind of fixing it up. I was listening to Dolores Cannon and David Icke late at night. But it was Dolores Cannon when she said something like, oh, there's a lot of them. They've been called to be here, but they um, they don't feel at home here. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> like, I'm sure everybody has that. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, how did she know that? And just kind of going down that rabbit hole, starting to find out, you know, all these things about the esoteric meaning of life and the real meaning of life. And then my mother got sick in Pennsylvania, in Wayne, PA. She moved to Wayne. And she was, you know, with dementia, you don't know they're sick, super independent woman. And so I couldn't tell on the phone she was sick until I went home at Christmas 2010. And um, she said, I did all the shopping for everything, you know, your favorite meal, macaroni and cheese, everything's there. And also when she picked me up, the driver looked kind of confused because she had told him she was picking up her mother and her mother had passed. And so all these little things came, but then I looked, I said, where's the cheese for the macaroni cheese? There was no cheese. And it's like, whoa, you know, like there was just all these little points. So long story short, I had to end up moving back and forth to um, Pennsylvania to rescue her from being sectioned and, you know, I had to eventually bring her to London because um, I'm the only child and I, you know, I couldn't have her like just shipped off to relatives or in a home or whatever. So yeah, I ended up being that, moving my studio from Brick Lane into my flat. And I have, I used to live at the top of a flat and I used to go there for respite and look at the clouds because me and my fiance had always talked about, cause he had a long illness, what we would do after he passed. And I was looking at the clouds and I was always thinking about, you know, trying to connect or, you know, eventually slowly coming to grips with his passing. Cause he was the first person in my life really that I had spent so much time with who passed. And he had left me a bunch of cameras. So I started taking pictures of clouds and that turned into a book called So Sorry I'm Tardy. And it turned into a book because I started thinking about babies. And uh, I think Prince William had said um, he was gonna tell um, one of the, the first child that they had that he was gonna tell him off for being tardy when he was older. And I just thought, well, maybe there's a reason children are late. You know, maybe they're not ready. They come when they want to come. And I started, you know, researching about Ubuntu and just, you know, just spiritually going down that path. And what came, really what came together was, you know, making decisions out of love and started making every decision out of love. And the one of them that led me to Egypt. And even though I had heard about the 13th sign, I had kind of detached myself or kind of went meltdown when I found out they weren't, astrology wasn't true because I had my first astrology um, consultation when I was 19 with a really well-known New York astrologer. And 
when I found out it wasn't true, I was like, what? I've been carrying this ephemeris around like all through Egypt, you know, like all through Europe my whole life and it's not right. And I used to tell my friends, yes, astrology is mathematical. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, cause I had, I thought I had this book of numbers anyway. So what happened with this whole love story, I ended up in the highlands of Scotland in this amazing place where actually one of the um, founders of Glastonbury lived. It's like, see, it's a beautiful place. You have to get there on a boat. And there were biodynamic farmers there. And we were talking and really gelled with them. And they're like, yeah, you know, but the farmer's omniacs always said where the moon is. And we use it to come over on the boat because we have to know where the tides are. And we use it for our, um, you know, our crops and everything we grow. And I was like, oh, really? And then I, you know, started researching. So I, because, you know, I am 50, I don't even know how old I am because <laughs> I like stop counting, but I'm over 50. And and um, I when I was looking at astrology, I was reading books about it. But then I thought, oh, well, let me look on the Internet, you know, <laughs> like now, like really let me, you know, get over it. OK, it's different. There is some validity. Farmers on my yak's been saying it. So let's start from the beginning. And I did. And I started to really just start from the beginning and look at, you know, um, different expressions and kind of went into Vedic for a bit and stuff like that. And then my mother was like snow downing in London because, you know, the weather in the winter is like gray, 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 gray. And she, they like asking me repeatedly, what time is it? What day is it? What time is it? Because <laughs> it's gray. She's like, it's what, it, you know, is it nighttime? <laughs> it was like this. And also her visa was running out. So we were looking around for places to be. And she was always fascinated with Egypt. My mother was, Miss, you know, at Edgar Casey's birthday. Even in her dimension, when she saw something on BBC, she's like, oh, wow, I want to see that one day and stuff and I was kind of curious about it and I started looking around and it was really inexpensive places in Egypt to buy and I took a trip there but they really weren't rail built and then there was a terror attack in Tunisia and I was like well no that's not a good idea <laughs> you know but um the people who were kind of uh, showing me houses and stuff they said well, if you ever need anything let us know and my mother's like visa date was coming up it was cold in portugal because we have like uh i had organized a quinta for her there but it was too cold so we just jumped on an easy jet flight to egypt <laughs> one-way ticket just for you know a month to you know see what it was like and you know so she wasn't be a quote unquote overstayer and um we fell in love with it i mean i you know it was on the Red Sea, not near Cairo, like five hours from Cairo. And the people were really nice. You know, they were from Manchester and they had organized everything. My mother had her own balcony, you know, it was day, clear daytime, clear nighttime, even though she got up saying, I gotta go to work and stuff. But all that was doable, you know, we could just go respite, swimming, respite, stargazing kind of thing. And it's just by being, under the stars on a daily basis in the middle of nowhere seeing the moving sun and the moon on a daily basis really feeling like you're in the middle of what's happening around you with no interference that i you know was came mystified by you know 
the sky and started to stargaze upon particular stars, you know, really like staring at them until I couldn't see any other star besides the one I was staring at, Vega, or the one that kept like making me curious which one it was using the sky app. And it's like, oh, I like that star. Which star is that? And repeatedly it kept being the same star. And I thought, oh, that's weird. Why do I keep thinking it's the same star? Anyway, so yeah, and I was sitting, like I was, you know, of course, everybody cannot um, really ignore the noise. Like today, the, the new moon is in Aquarius, right? You can't, like everywhere you go, you hear. And one day I was really like, I used to watch the moon rise, which was amazing out of the Red Sea. And I could see that, it wasn't in Gemini. I remember it was, you know, they were saying it's in Gemini, but I had just watched it rise in Taurus because I could see Orion. Everyone can recognize the constellation of Orion with the belt of Orion. I just seen Orion rise, literally. You can't miss it. And Orion comes after Taurus, right? So I was like, well, you know, it's clearly in Taurus. It's not in Gemini. And I just thought, why are they ignoring that? Why don't they want to know, you know? And that just really, you know, impacted me so much. I thought really, I'm not religious, but I do often say, I thought they're hiding God. You know, they're hiding in plain sight, everything. They're distracting us. I mean, when you're in the middle of nowhere, even I had solar eclipse and lunar eclipse there where everything goes dark and you just see the stars at night, like you can reach out and touch them with your hand. You know, it's just so amazing. And that's really, you know, that's, 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 you know, my journey, thanks to my mother, like really putting her first, you know, saying, okay, she needs to be in a place she wants to, she took a cruise, she, she liked to take up her cruises, you know, so she wanted once a Nile cruise, she had actually promised my son when he was seven, she'd take him to Egypt. So yeah, you know, it just was ticking all the buttons for her, ticking all the boxes for her, that in turn, I ended up having, you know, this transformation and being able to create Sky Astrology. That's an incredible story. And earlier on during that story, you'd mentioned the 13th sign. So for the people who have no idea what you're talking about, can you explain? Sure, sure. It was around um, 2016 that NASA said, oh, you're not your sun sign and this. And they were like, there's a 13th sign and everybody freaked out. And um I th- it was great because we call this, you know, Jilly and I from the Water Priestess, like the gateway, right? Because then every nobody before really thought to look up. We were just like, oh, yeah, you tell us that. That's that. And then they were like, NASA was like, no, no, there's another constellation. And, you know, the sun travels through it. And it was kind of like, whoa, you know, because actually astrology means the study of the stars. Astro is star and is the study of and that was created when they didn't have telescopes and so the planets were wandering stars so they were studying stars and wandering stars so now it's just you know about the planets right not the stars also not like not the sky you know it's kind of been shrunk to that so 13th sign was 
you know, the moment where, you know, all the number with 13, connecting it with the 13th. And, oh, actually, there's always a 13th, like at the Last Supper, Jesus the 13th. And many people just understanding that maybe you we were missing something, you know, or we were being kept from something. And it is an astronomical fact. And there were people who were following um, a focus, which is the 13th um, sign. And astronomically, what's happened is that between Scorpio and Sagittarius, there's a space where part of the constellation of a focus shares with Scorpio, to be honest, right? So it's based on mathematics of this plane that the sun moves through consistently on this plane. And the stars that are aligned or the backdrop of that travel, of that journey are the ones that we acknowledge because there's loads of stars and constellations in the sky, right? But we have ours that we know, but part of a focus, of course, through the years more and more is making the time that the sun spends in Scorpio less. So now Scorp the sun spends only really seven days in the constellation of Scorpio and in truth spends 18 to 19 days in a focus and then goes on to Sagittarius. So that's what the astronomers were saying, and that's what some people realize. But with the funny thing is with sky astrology, it didn't stop there because when I started looking closer, I saw other constellations. And then through my practice, I found that they are valid to, to acknowledge. Actually, let's acknowledge the stars. Let's acknowledge these energies. So, yeah. yeah. That's a and who, okay. do you, oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. Yeah, that, I'm I was just, just going to <laughs> yeah, now I already, yeah, this is new for you, but I already have spoken to Carter about this and yeah, it blew my mind at the time and it still does. But who, who was the person who discovered a focus and, and when was it 2016 then by NASA? No, focus has been there forever. It has been, it takes 72 years for the constellations in principle to move one degree. So in our lifetime, you know, you wouldn't see a difference, right? Because they span a lot of degrees. But what I try to make clear to people is that at the people like Ptolemy who set up the 12 houses or even the Babylons who set up you know, I always have a disclaimer. I know nothing. I wasn't there. I haven't been to the moon. I don't know anything, right? We don't know anything. I only use this and know this because there is proof that the data that we have allows astrophysicists to calculate when there's a solar and lunar eclipse. And therefore people know where to travel to at a certain time, they can experience this amazing phenomena when the sky turns dark. So we know that these maps work. And this is the same map that is used to calculate sky astrology and to give that space to a focus. And that has been for a long time. But the fact is that at some point, the powers that be didn't inform everyone that 
the constellations were actually changing. And because they kept the records, they had astrologers who were astronomers. After astronomers, they have the whole records of all the astronomers because the astronomers were working for them, Newton, Galileo, all of them, right? So they could piece together, you know, as they came, what was actually happening in the sky. So that was in the, that's when astrology and astronomy basically broke up because astronomy had the maths, had the science were allowed and actually it was illegal for you, for peasants or people who weren't employed by royalty or the government to actually measure the sky, to make, make notes about it in the Western society in the dark ages, right? Because, you know, the whole witches, because we're getting the power. And people are like, oh, wait a second. They were getting too much. Oh, we can see this. Oh, this is happening. I always say it's a language because our ancestors, basically, they see the, the um, belt of Orion. And then they notice when they went fishing that day, there'd be more fish. And then when they didn't see the belt of Orion, they noticed that the fish weren't jumping, that they weren't catching fish. So they started to you know, work their way around the stars. And mm. that's the language of the stars. That's what they use. That's what, this is their vision, our connection with how to calculate the nature of the cycles of our universe. And, you know, the fish, they, you know, they have their rhythm, right? Yeah. And why do you think that NASA re- released it in two 2000- thousand? and 16 like just casually i feel like they just casually dropped it they were just like oh by the way <laughs> yeah we found a 13th uh, constellation no big deal and i was just like what what i'm not a libra i'm a virgo what about everything else in my chart what is well, I, this i was thinking the same thing like i remember in 2016 when that happened and it was like no like you can't take this away from me i'm a capricorn and this is how i've always identified and actually as a kid i fought against being capricorn like crazy because i felt like they're so uptight and everything's type a and i'm probably more of a sagittarius if we're being honest but when someone was going to take the label away from me it freaked me out like this is something i've identified as i think we as human beings cling to labels yeah the idea yes yeah it's like, right, I, need to, I need to put myself in this box i need to kind of understand who i am and when yeah. someone can give you more information like if you were to have a session with cloudette and you go throw all that out and let's start from mm-hmm. scratch and build you up based on this. It can be really intimidating. Like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, yeah. everything I know about myself maybe isn't what I think I know. And now I have to open myself up to new possibilities and growth, which is just scary. But kind but of it's cool. really cool though, because just like what you said with the Capricorn stuff, right? I remember when I found out about a natal chart and I just used to think, oh, I'm a Libra. There's nothing else to it. But I used to think, well, how about... Like, how can they just categorize people like this? Like, how can they just say we're all one thing? And then I found out about natal chart, the moon sign, the rising. Mm-hmm. And I found out that my moon and my rising are Capricorn. And when I was reading about Capricorn, I was like, this isn't me. Good with money, like structured, disciplined. I was just like, this doesn't feel right. And I remember I was at work doing, <laughs> like typing it, looking it up, right? And I messaged my mom and I was like, mom, can you just double check my birth time? Cause I, I don't think this is right. And she was like, I will send you your birth certificate. Like I know what time you were born. And I was like, damn, this just doesn't feel right. And then when we had our call, you were like, 
okay, so your moon and your rising is in Sagittarius. And I was like, I always felt like a Sagittarius. Makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was wild. And then we were just giggling so much because you were like, your intuition knew. And like the whole thing behind my um, sky astrology is my intuition is my intuition is so strong. And I was like, yeah, I just knew, you know, and it's just, oh, I don't know. It just makes me laugh so much. Yeah. I don't know. Present oh. in my garden. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. You know, everybody, you can know, like really where we are now in reality with the information or the non-information we get, there could be all kinds of reasons they drop that information because you know, if one thing we know is that there is a certain amount, a hierarchy of control, right? Saying this, and we just go, oh, and then they say that, and then we go, oh, and <laughs> you know, they can tell us things, and then we draw our attention, which is so in tune with why I'm so passionate about sky astrology because. You know, it took me three years, like I took me three years to like go, what? Even though I knew about astrology and I knew I only had one, um, my son in Scorpio, I was like, I'm not Scorpio, I've got like, I have, I've got all this Sagittarius, you know, and I knew that all the Sagittarius, uh, you know, resonated with me more. I didn't know about a focus. And then when I found out with all this a focus, I was like, whoa, what's that? I didn't even know what that is. And I, to be honest, some of the focus people that I found were like, you know, they just, they weren't like love and light. They were like witchy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and, and even it's interesting because the, there is a lot of power in knowing this. There is a lot of power and I had even a, a situation with one of my students, you know, early on. That's why I have a very intensive uh, consultation where I take, like Rebecca says, take you through every single thing and also help you resonate with that higher energy. Because when you get your power back, when you detach from the label, of course, it's like, so what do I do now? And then you have to learn about the sky and understand the energies. And part of it is stargazing and knowing these things and, you know, taking it through, taking you through the process really to hold your hand because it is, you know, quite impactful for, for to find out that a lot of these associations and labels and, you know, everything, especially because everybody, you say your birthday, they go, oh, you're this, oh, you're that. So we've grown up with that all our lives. And then all of a sudden there's a 13th sign and then so-and-so saying that. And then the thing is most Western astrologers say, no, you're not, don't worry, don't. The funny thing, like the twins, the astro twins, one of them is named Ophi as well. They say, we don't care. We, we, we know one of us is named Ophi, but NASA needs to stay in their lane. And it's so funny. She said, we deal with fake constellations. Because I was like, did you say that? I recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> one of them said, did we do? We do. We follow fake constellations, she said. But it's just so funny. So, you know, it's the metamorphosis of people waking up. It's just, it doesn't matter what's happening. What's happening is the veil or, you know, we as, you know, people who are 
interested in really um, spiritually what's happening in the world. It's just another one of those things that we're waking up to. So NASA was, you know, the little uh, push, you know, the, the um, what's called the, the, the little push that we needed to wake up the gateway to like look up because we weren't looking up before yeah. we were looking at astro.com to find out who we were yeah, looking online instead yeah. of looking at the actual sky yeah and you know in yes. some cases it's hard like um i said earlier to cloud up before we started i'm living in philly and i've been in philly for a long time and there's so much smog that i don't think i've seen a star in philadelphia since i moved there 15 years ago and so my husband and i were looking for somewhere else to move to about a year ago and we chose the place that we did for a number of reasons. I had an Akashic Records session with Becky and she was telling me that it was somewhere that I had lived in previously in a previous life. I saw that lifetime in my own past life work. But the most important thing for me is I wanted to be able to see the stars. And that I've never been able to do where I am currently. And so when that house is done, I can actually go outside and just look and see them for myself. And it feels like a breath of fresh air, even though it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And- it can be hard for people who live in places where they can't see it. Like in London, I'm sure it's mm-hmm. much harder than it was in Egypt to be able to see the stars. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it, there's a clear night. It's the small thing because I have a couple of clients in India and they literally, because part of the homework, part of the work with me is to stargaze. So they literally had to take a trip outside of the city to mm-hmm. see stars so I feel you we had a beautiful night last night but yes the optimal place is Egypt or you know I mean they were the Arabs were the first astronomers as well because they had clear sky all the time it rains there like twice a year you know there's like maybe a handful of days where there's clouds and that's it Mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of Egypt being the optimal place what is it about Egypt that makes it hold that position I don't know what it is. It's something magical about Egypt. You will meet, well, where I was, where my flat still is, my mother's flat, because she passed away. My mother passed away, just in that story, in Egypt, and she had this cryptic, um, uh, cryptic Christian uh, funeral with mirth and everything. Um, And it's, you know, Hargada is well known. There's like 30% foreigners there from Russia, Scotland, England, Italian, French, and generations of, you know, families and things like that. And, you know, a lot of people will just tell you there's something about the land, there's something about you know, the energy there. But at the same time, it's also a very healthy place. It's one um, English couple I met and he said, I have to walk with a cane when I'm in England, but he's skipping or walking, no problem in Egypt. It's climate, the Red Sea, Mm. the sun. The energy probably, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's got such an amazing history and intent there. I just feel, you know, I am really, you know, kind of missing in a big way. There's something like the soul. There's something there. I don't know what it is, but there is some energy, special energy on the Red Sea where I was. I went to Cairo a couple of times, but just to see the pyramids, but I haven't spent you know, a lot of time there. So I think there's a different energy there. I, I can't speak of it. I can speak of where I was on the Red Sea. 
Yeah, I remember when I went to uh, Marrakesh mm -hmm. and wow, like the sky was so clear. It was like, I couldn't stop staring at the sky. It was like unbelievable. But when I went there, I didn't know about like these apps where you can place them up to the sky and you can see what's what. Like I knew what the basic, like Orion's belt and everything were, but I wish I knew then to be able to see them. But since having my session with you, I am always looking up at the sky now and I'm always, always got my, um, my app out. And that the app that I use, I think is called Sky... Let me see if I can find okay. it, but um, it matches what you say with Skywalk. the Skywalk 2 I've got. Yeah, and it matches, <clears throat> when I look at the moon, it's always in the sign that you talk about. It's It matches um, what you say with Sky Astrology. And since our session, when you told me that I'm connected to the Vega star, I just see Vega all the time, obviously. And Arcturian, I see that one all the time. And I always, always look at Sirius. And um, just around Christmas time, actually, when I was uh, doing the Merchant Mermaid course, mm -hmm. I saw the, well, we, th we thought it was a UFO, but now when we think maybe it's a super, it was a supernova. Do you remember I sent you the video? It was crazy. Yeah. I know, I know. And you know, that's so, so funny because quite a few people sent me the video. And the thing is, is that you might not have seen it if you weren't looking up so much. No way. There's no way that I would have seen that after except for having the session with you because, and it was really interesting because I was doing the Merchant Mermaid course, which is um, in Pacific time. And obviously we're in England, which is eight hours behind. So I was up till like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. I can't remember exactly, but um, I was up and it was like the, the fourth day of the Merchant Mermaid course. And we were having our hours break. And I kept saying to my partner, I was like, let's go outside. I really want to look at the sky. Let's go outside. I really want to look at the sky. And then... I think my parents called and his parents called because it was around the time that we were going into another lockdown. And then finally I had like 10 minutes to spare and I was like, let's go outside. So I got postponed by like 45 minutes. And when we went outside, I spotted it straight away and we filmed it. And I was just like, wow, like something was telling me to go outside to see that. Yeah, it was just wild. So for anyone who's listening, like look up at the sky and have a session with you because it makes you, I don't know, it just makes you feel so much more connected to like earth and the sky, like as above, so below kind of thing. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, it does balance, especially now we look so much at our phones. We're looking down at the technology and we're, you know, occupied with what's happening around us and with the world it really is balancing to look up absolutely so Claudette we're sort of at the end of our time if people are interested in having a session with you aka I want to have a session with you how do we find you to do that well I'm in the middle of building a new uh, website, but it will be, you know, skyastrology.com or the Sky Astrologer, but you'll find me. And I just finished my course 
um, where we'll help, you know, to give another option for people who don't have that much time because the tutorial that I gave was a one-to-one, -one, which Rebecca had, but I want to make it also possible for people to go through the course themselves and then have the consultation with me. So I just finished that one and um, yeah, you know, go to skystrology.com and thank awesome. you. And what about on social media? Oh, at social media, I'm AKA Cloudette because I love clouds and looking up. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll tag all this stuff inside of the podcast episode information so that you guys can find it. And on our Instagram as well. Cloudette, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I feel like I've come home between London and England. I uh, know. London. Yeah, how funny. <laughs> So meant to be. I'm so grateful, really. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week.